guys. Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. We hope you enjoyed our previously very fun episode on the uh, <laughs> on the Iron Road. And we have another fun episode for you guys today. Get into a little bit of news, what's been going on with some cars in the snow. Yeah. But before we get into all that, what have you got for us? Yeah, let's take a moment. Yeah, I want to give a huge shout out to our Patreon subscribers. And we actually have a whole slew of new subscribers that we have to personally give kudos to yeah. for the month of December. Huge thanks to our new $5 Patreon members, Jake Moritz, Ricardo Lopez, Andy Newbill, Steve Hine, Ali Law, Lewis North, Pat Kinsella, Joe Spector, and as well as Phil Melhan is our latest $10 level Patreon. And we have to th thank both Andrew James and Samuel LaForest for becoming our top tier $25 Patreon levels. We also have a special thanks to one Eric Smith who gave us an awesome one-time donation of $69 just <laughs> to tell us that an LS is better than any Porsche. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I am I am 100% fine taking your shade if you give us money to do so. I, I Awesome. You can Thank support you guys. the show too. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash overcrest. It's only $5. Support the show up to $25. As you know, you get cool stuff, exclusive content, which That's I am right. going to. Um, we heard Pete Stout come on a podcast a couple weeks ago. Right. And we talked about the Russian 356. Uh, probably this weekend, uh, over the new year, just after the new year, I'm going to release the interview I did with oh, Alfred cool. on a Patreon. It's like a 50 minute interview about driving a 356 around in Russia. That'll Very be cool. awesome. You can have access to that for five bucks. Five dollars. That's it. Five yeah, bucks. That is awesome. You know, I know that's the logistics. I have to go to a website and type in a thing. Get over it. Go over to <laughs> patreon.com. You've heard complaints about logistics of it? Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Patreon.com slash overcrest. It's five bucks. It. Lots of other exclusive stuff there as well. So if you were following me on social media, yes. you may have noticed that I got my 911 stuck in the snow. You okay, we had like a blizzard, probably 8 inches of snow and no. you took the stupid thing out in 8 inches of snow. What did you think was going to happen? It was well, first of all, the road was slightly my road was slightly plowed at one time, so it was okay. not the full amount of snow. Okay. What happened though? And it was also like 11 p.m. or midnight when 10, you did this. It was 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I didn't get home until probably 1130. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I only went 100 yards from my house. Okay, so what happened? Snow blow the driveway, got the car out. So what and, oh, first of all, what possessed you to do this? I wanted to play with my drone. I wanted, oh, to, I wanted okay. to bring the drone out and see if I could do like some night with the blowing snow, with the drifting, with my headlights and do some fun stuff. I just wanted to do something. I wanted, I was sick of sitting around. Yep. You know, I wanted to go outside. We haven't had a good snow here in Minnesota in probably years. Yeah. We haven't had a great snowfall. I got excited. I'm like, oh, I want to go drive around the snow, yep. maybe do some filming, put my GoPro on my head and like drive around. Yep. I just wanted to create some content. And it's, sure. It's what I like doing. I like creating content. It's fun. <laughs> this was not fun. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. So I get out to the end of the driveway, start going. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Every once in a while, I hit a little bit of snow, and it comes flying over the windshield. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's really flying over the windshield. That's the front <laughs> bumper is snow plowing. Yeah. And then it, the car slowly starts to come, and I'm like, full. I'm like, I'm not stopping. Right. So I'm to see where I'm going. I'm looking out the side window. Uh -huh. I, I had to roll the window down because uh -huh. it got covered in snow. Right. So I'm, I roll down the window. I'm looking as the mailboxes are going by. Right. And like, I'm, okay. And I'm like, okay. And I'm in my head. I'm going, this is a lot of snow. This isn't fun. This isn't fun. <laughs> I can't stop. I cannot stop because if I stop, I'm fucked. Yeah. You lose so momentum and lose momentum. get stuck. Needless to say, it didn't matter. All of a sudden the car starts like dog walking and uh -huh. I'm like, all of a sudden I'm going straight. Full lock. <laughs> Like, well, no, but I'm turned and I'm yep. on the gas like, wah, 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 wah. And the car's like just <laughs> dripping. 
all of this within the course of 150 Yeah, yards. you didn't make it very far. Make, so basically what happened is there's this gap in my neighborhood, and all the snow had drifted in this oh. one part of the street. And then just stopped. And then just stopped. And I'm like... <laughs> uh, I was like, oh no. So it basically what happened is I got beached, right? I just got tons of snow packed underneath the uh-huh. car. So I sat Yeah, there it doesn't a, have the most ground clearance. That was the problem, really, is that it is too low for this type of activity. Uh, <laughs> no, sir, it's too low for this type of activity. Okay, it's not, not too, too low. Not too low. It's just too low for this. Okay. Uh-huh. And, um, so anyway, I let the car sit and run for a little bit. You know, As you're just sitting there thinking, or no, what? No, I was letting the snow melt out from underneath the engine by the rear wheels to try and. You think that would work? It worked. Okay. So I, got the, so I, I was totally stuck. I let it sit for a while, dug the snow up from around the wheels, let the snow, because it was jammed up in the, you know, jammed up in there. And uh, <laughs> I got it to move a little bit. Okay. And I then, like that theory that your your engine is melting the snow around your wheels, which is where you're getting traction in the rear. That's what, that was my thought. And it, it worked. I did, I did okay. get to I never would have thought a that. Bit. Yeah. Um, well, I'm much smarter than you are. So that comes with a lot of. Uh, I said I never would have thought of that. <laughs> You're stronger because you thought about your engine melting snow? I said smarter. uh, Okay, well, whatever. Definitely not stronger because I could not push it out by myself. Yeah. I could have used a J-can there to help me push it out. So I'm like, how am I going to... I didn't want to call up Jess, you know, and have her come down and help me because that's like admitting complete defeat. Yes. So I'm like, okay, so how am I going to get this thing out of the snow? Luckily, I assume there was no traffic on your road. No. Well, there's no traffic on my road on a good day. Right. There's just nobody out there. And so I, I'm like, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. So I, I put the car in drive yep. with the wheel spinning, got out of the car <gasps> with the door open, and I started rocking it back and forth <laughs> as the car is running. And uh, Are you in reverse or first? First, first, first okay. Didn't work. Oh, didn't okay. Needless to say, that didn't work. It, it was spinning, and then it started to catch traction because I wasn't in the car to give it more gas. And it, then it would kill. It killed it, and I'm like, no, that's And then your work. battery didn't turn over the car again here's the problem is that my battery is weak because i killed it so it barely wanted to start again so i'm like well i can't deal with that i can't kill it out here because then i'm in deep shit right i don't want to have to deal Mm -hmm. with any of that so i beep boop beep boop boop. yeah (laughs) hi it's me yeah those noises are me yeah she told me later she's like well yeah i could hear you revving the piss out of it at 11 p.m waking all the neighbors up yep yep so basically what happened is she came down and we pushed it out and Got it home. I actually, we ended up pushing my neighbor. One of the neighbor guys came out and helped us push it. And I pushed it into a driveway. Uh-huh. And then she was driving. Jess right. was because she can't. I didn't want her to push. She could, <laughs> She probably could push. I don't want to say she can't, but she could. But right. she was really proud of herself. She drove it all the way down, back through the drifty snow, sideways and everything. Yeah. Into the driveway, into the into the garage. She's very proud of herself. And, yeah, that's awesome. And, and she very well should be. But that was my story of getting stuck in the snow in the 9-11, which that is easily the last time I'm going to take the car out this year because now everything's covered in salt. Right. You know, everything is salt. That was at least a fresh snow, which I liked. I liked your post afterward because I'm sure you got some flack for that. What are you trying to do? And so you were like, all this, 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 this this is all just frozen water. It is the, it is organic, fresh, locally sourced, (laughs) frozen, salted water. Stop messaging me. Good grief. Um, So we we also have our winter vehicle or our other vehicle. My winter vehicle is a TDI with snow tires. Mm-hmm. Total soul sucking, horrible. I mean, it's it's good. It gets me down here at forty seven miles per gallon. Right. But realistically, it it I can feel like ten percent of my soul leaving my body every time I drive. <laughs> <that car. laughs> but the all track, I'm like, this is gonna be fun. You can turn the traction control off. You right. can drift around, and sort of. 
I have to admit, I'm really disappointed in it goes great. I mean, it doesn't get stuck. You can drive right. through. It's lifted up. It's no big deal to just drive through all the snow. But you can't turn the trash control off all the way. You can do Ooh. like TSC Sport, ASC yep, this. That's lame. You just off-road mode, and it'll let you do a little bit until it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're having way, way too, too much, much fun. fun. This seems dangerous. Fun police. This seems dangerous. Speaking of fun police, yeah. um, I don't do TikTok, really. I'm not a real big TikTok guy. No, I it seems despise like it's TikTok. It's mostly just boobs. You know, there's just tons of boobs all over TikTok, <laughs> and they're always dancing, dancing uh-huh. with boobs, which always is great. But I, you know, I don't need boobs all the time. But hey, I'm going to start a, a TikTok for my stuff for social media. Oh, so you started a TikTok? I've had one for a while, but oh, I, just, okay. I just don't use it. I'm like, I'm going to post a video of me drifting around the snow on there. Right. I got, I violated the community guidelines by doing something dangerous. Oh, really? Yeah, so that, my video of me drifting around the snow was banned. On <laughs> so that app got deleted immediately. I was like, delete, goodbye, wow. get out of here. You know what it is? There was no faces in it for them to facial recognize. So it that's, that. they're like, we don't want course, this. I was looking at it the earlier and there's a dude with an ice pick, like hacking through the ice to grab a fish out of the water. I'm like, this seems dangerous. Right. You know, what are we doing here? And then there's all these other things you girls that really shouldn't be doing what they're doing on there at their age, (laughs) but me drifting around on a, yeah. Wow. That's terrible. Speaking of drifting around in the snow, I, while we were down here and I had the con just trying to do some donuts as best as that thing could. What I didn't realize is I was, I was doing that while before you came down to the studio. So the, the wheels were just, packed full of snow and then we went and parked it and we came up to the studio for a few hours Mm -hmm. and it froze into the wheels and i didn't realize it until i left and it was like oh you so you you experienced this same damn thing i had to get the little the little brush and like scrub i didn't i just got off and took back roads because i live 15 minutes away anyways yeah so i just kept it below 40 and it was kind of fine and then parked it in the heated garage yeah um but then i went to do donuts in the 996 turbo as well that's fun yeah you can turn everything off in that thing yes all of it and it only sends 30 percent of the power to the front wheels and it's a viscous coupling so it's kind of weird i had a viscous couple i had to read about this it's not directly connected physically it's basically like a torque converter in your differential if that makes sense explain it more it uses the viscosity of fluid, one plate spinning fluid yep. to catch the other plate Is that then the drives. I don't believe so. Okay. That's actually what drives your wheels. So there is no physical connection between it besides the viscous fluid. That's why it's called a viscous coupling. So you're just using the surface tension of the fluid basically. More or less. That is my uh, my understanding as it is. So what's interesting, because I did this little slow-mo video of me doing donuts, and I was like, my front wheels aren't really turning. I understand there's not as much power or torque applied to the front, but I thought I would see that. And I did a lot of Googling and they basically said the system doesn't work well from a dead stop or when you're not moving. What it does is when you're going into a corner, when this viscous fluid is already up to speed, yeah. when one when there's a differential in speed between the plates, that's when it kind of stiffens up and will actually interact so it's basically to pull you out of a corner as you're already moving right it's not so made for but that also doing. is great for doing donuts then because yeah. it's basically like a real wheel drive car yeah so that was a lot of fun and then how i also the how is it in the snow with the snow you have snow tires i right? do have dedicated snow tires but they are massive the problem is it's such a huge contact patch you're floating it's 11 inches in the rear yeah <laughs> so it's a lot yeah, it's not great. It's no Audi, unfortunately. Right, yeah. But it's still a lot of fun to drive yeah, that I thing. In the I really miss having little little pizza cutter tires. I know. I just it's it's the best. Maybe for next year on that car, I will get some just like a square setup of 
even eight inch would be so much better eight yeah. inch width yeah. than well, 11. You want to be able to cut in. Exactly. You be able to cut in but ironically, I did the exact same thing where I let the snow freeze on the wheel and then drove home on it. And I had to go to the, I went to a gas station. I'm like, this is really, I was like, you were talking to me like, where are we going? Are we going to get the wheels fixed? It was really, really bad. So we went to this gas station. I got the little snow brush out and I'm like scooping the, digging the snow out of there while the car filled up. And have you ever been to one of these gas stations where you put the nozzle in and you try and fill it up and it's like, I have a story about that. Yes. And it took 15 minutes, and in my head, I'm going, wow, am I just pumping sludge into the car? Right. But I think it's just that their filter gets dirty and it gets low. So there's two things that can happen. One is, yes, the pump itself, the mechanism that does basically, it works off of back pressure. So that can be either, like you said, gunked up or calibrated wrong. Back I don't know. Pressure, are you talking about a siphon, like siphon pressure? No, I'm talking about the handle, the nozzle of the pump. Yes. Right. That's what it works on as far as detecting when it self shuts off right it's back pressure so that of course can get gummed up or be calibrated wrong however i learned this on the 996 i tried to do this and it would not fill up for the life of it and it would like spray back out at me like it was pressurizing the tank right and so i was like oh it must be the nozzle or something so i went to the next state next pump it did the exact same thing and so i'm googling on my phone it has an electric little uh solenoid for the breather for the tank and if the fuse, it's fused, if the fuse pops, you cannot fill up your tank because it won't open the breather. Ladies and gentlemen, progress. So <laughs> sure enough, I went home on fumes, looked at it. What and is, What would cause this fuse to blow? I don't know. It's, I don't know. Sounds ridiculous. It, it is it ridiculous. Sounds like new car ridiculousness. That it was. asinine. Some German engineer is like, man, I got to figure out a way to get paid this month. I know. <laughs> I'll develop a solenoid that makes it so you can't get in This little gas. valve <laughs> for a breather. Yeah, it's terrible. All so right, before we get into the news, what have you got for us? Yeah, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Akin Driving Gear. They were founded by true enthusiasts who create everyday gear that celebrates driving itself. Now, Chris, most driving shoes for the track are really stiff. They have like the tall uppers on them and they're terrible to walk around every day in right and likewise your chuck taylors or a lot of running shoes aren't the greatest for driving either so akin <laughs> he's biting his tongue because he wants to disagree he loves these chucks i love my chucks well i'm i'm wearing akin's shoes right here they're awesome because they have the rounded heel makes great for pedal work they have the yeah that's one thing i heel I've, toe scuff I've, guard I've never had anything with a rounded heel the rounded which, heel is a big if benefit. you don't have cruise control and you're sitting there with a a, a square heel it it can certainly wear on you. It yeah. would be nice to have the rounded heel. Yeah, so shift driving shoe is what I have. They have that rounded heel, comfortable foot movement. They have the unique heel toe guard, which prevents scuffing during any technical pedal work. And uh, be sure to check out not only these shift driving shoes, as well as all their other apparel at akingear.com. And be sure to use the code OVERCREST for free priority shipping in the U.S. So do you remember when Apple was making a car? I remember all of the hubbub about this. And then them quitting and like totally canceling it. Remember that? They yes, said, 2014 is when it was. I had to look this up. Well, guess what, Chris? The iCar is actually happening. And the iCar, that's, I just added that as oh, the name. It's not, not actually called the iCar. I, don't <laughs> I, think. I totally bought it. I was I, on board. Maybe it will be, but I just made that up. I have up. a feeling they won't call it the no. iCar. So sources told Reuters on Monday that Apple whose automotive efforts had proceeded uneventfully, uneventfully since 2014, as I mentioned, was now targeting 2024 to produce a passenger vehicle. 
Apple's development project called Project Titan was rumored to have been shelved after the first start in 2014. However, a former Tesla executive, Doug Field, returned back to Apple in 2018 to work on the project before laying off 190 people from the team in 2019, which is not great. But since then, quote, Apple has progressed enough that it now aims to build a vehicle for consumers. Hold on. So people, I've read some thoughts that people have on this. They're like, oh, Apple's going to crush Tesla because they have a design team and they know how to make products. And I just go... Guys, making a phone is, is a much lot different. different than making a car. Agreed. It's a lot different. You need way more manufacturers to contribute to the process. You need a far different assembly line. Yeah. The complication here is it's not even close. I The Apple's success with other products is no guarantee of success with this one. That's all I want to say. I would agree. There's a quote later here in the story that will address that concern. Um, but let me get ahead of myself here. The vehicle supposedly would include its own breakthrough battery technology. That I, that I could believe because batteries are a lot of that as software. Right. Like the way that the, well, the batteries they're charged. talking about the physical battery itself. The new battery design could, quote, radically reduce battery cost and increase a vehicle's range, which is, of course, one of the biggest problems with current EVs in the whole industry. And we know Apple's great at sharing technology, so this will probably end up in... <laughs> oh, wait, no? Oh. You know what's going to be... What, what's going to oh, be... Oh, it's going to have its own charging it's cord! Have its own charging no! cord! Oh, that's super <laughs> shitty and breaks off and, and it, you have to order like 75 different cords. Oh, They're cheap, right. but you have to order a new one every like three months because it breaks off. Oh, man. Uh, this battery is said to be a quote, monocell design that bulks up the individual cells in the battery and frees up space inside the battery pack by eliminating pouches and modules that hold battery material, the report noted. Now, a source close to the company said, quote, it's next level, like the first time you saw an iPhone. Come on. These are, Nobody, these are big Apple fanboys, obviously, yeah, to obviously. this story. So but I, it is revolutionary. Nobody's going nobody's to look at a battery pack and go, oh, yeah. Oh, Ooh. look at this user interface. Look at this. I'm so iHeart right now. <laughs> iHeart. <laughs> Quote, if Apple has achieved a battery breakthrough, this could serve as a driver, <laughs> pun, to finally move forward with the production, given battery costs are one of the main obstacles to mass adoption of EVs. That was Evercore analyst Admit Diandriani wrote. <laughs> I totally stumbled on that name, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. The news sent Apple's shares up 2.9% at a $131.88 a share, adding more than, get this, $62 billion to its market valuation. Wow. That's a $62 billion increase. That's not the value. That's the increase. So people are thinking that the value of Apple has increased by $62 billion because of this iCar. Is yes. This, or it's obviously just stock speculation, which is what happens. You know, that's but what happens put that time. in perspective, that amount, General Motors is worth total $58 billion at its current valuation. So they increased more than the entire valuation of General Motors. I think that the reason for this is, is everybody is very forward thinking right now. And everybody's just assuming all these other companies, these, these dinosaurs are basically going to Kmart out. Right. They're just going to, they're just going <laughs> to, they're, they're not able to keep up with the new innovators and they're just going to Kmart. That's basically what they're, what everybody, I can't imagine what else anybody's thinking. Yeah. No, I just, I, I don't know if they're I'm, right or not. I'm but. laughing at your Kmarting out as a verb. <laughs> uh, shares in Tesla subsequently fell another 1.5% after having lost six and a half percent on Monday in a session that was also affected by the fallout of its additional addition to the uh, S&P 500. Right. 
Quote, from a Tesla perspective, we have long felt that tech players like Apple, working with manufacturing uh, partners such as Foxconn, represent far more formidable competition than established or legacy OEMs. I, I don't see it. There's your, there's your counterpoint right yes, there. Fine. Okay, so they, they know how to work with suppliers. They know how to work, but they... It's... I don't know. Tesla had a lot of smart people put together assembly plants and all their shit doesn't work. Right. There's runs in the paint. The door gaps don't work. You get caught in your car. It's on fire. The door handles won't open. All these different things. This is all complicated stuff. They, it's not a I phone will say to play devil's advocate with Tesla, they tried to revolutionize every single component in the car, right? The, the doors don't need to open themselves. If they just focused on an electric vehicle that worked well and was quality, they probably could have done it. But they felt like they had, had to make such a splash by making all the autonomy. Apple, all of, Apple wouldn't do this unless they could feel they could innovate. They wouldn't do it. True. So I feel like this is going to be just as, their spin on how do we innovate? This is the future. Everybody wants to be part of the future right now. And Apple just wants a, pardon the pun, a bite of the apple with all of ha, with ha, everything ha, ha, that's ha. going on. Well, people familiar with the matter also told Reuters that Apple has decided to tap outside partners for elements of the system, which helps self-driving cars get a three-dimensional view of the road. Oh, exciting. Three, it's, yeah, okay. Well, shares in a company that produced LiDAR sensor systems for Apple test vehicles jumped 14% on Tuesday, while pure luminar technologies rose 8% whatever that has to do with anything. Basically, there's so much speculation over this. Does this remind you of anything? Tesla? No. What did we talk about last week? What did we talk about? Railroads? Railroads. And what did I talk about? Oh, all the schemers and the speculation. Oh, my goodness. You you're right. There, remember how there was uh, these dude, there was they were writing poems about their itchy palms? <laughs> about how they just had to get into this railroad industry? You're like, right. Hey, I just put the money in and get the money out. It's got to invest in this. It's the future. It's the same thing. It is the same freaking thing. Yeah. 100% this, uh, this greedy this alluring future technology. Everybody just wants a piece of it. It's the same thing. I've, there's uh, like Nikola is another um, electric car company that came out. When they went public, I bought a ton of their stock and okay. then it went up and I dumped it immediately. Yeah. Just because the, all these companies are, are nobodies. They're yeah. All nobodies. They're, now the stock's worth like $4 or something. Who knows? I don't know what it's worth, but it's worth nowhere near what it was. Everybody wants to get in to the next big thing and they all right. jump on. And then the, everybody goes, Ooh, wait, this doesn't work. And then they move on to the next one. <laughs> Yeah, it remains unclear who would assemble an Apple-branded car, but sources have said they expect the company to rely on manufacturing partners, of course, to build a vehicle. It's just like their iPhones. They don't build them right there in Cupertino. Right. Uh, initially, quote, the most likely rollout would involve several hundred Apple cars driving in the U.S. cities for a year or two before becoming more widely available, wrote Gene Munster, who's the managing partner at Loop Ventures. So... <sighs> Elon had to get in on all of this because, of course, his Tesla stock was going down after right. the news. Well, Silicon Valley billionaire Elon Musk himself said Tuesday that he had reached out to Apple Chief Executive Officer Tim Cook, quote, during the darkest days of the Model 3 program to discuss the possibility of Apple buying Tesla. I do remember this, yeah. I don't. Yeah. At the time, Tesla was valued at a tenth of its current value. Quote, he refused to take the meeting, said Musk, in response to news from Reuters, of course, regarding this Apple's car. This had occurred during 2017 and 18 when Tesla struggled to ramp up volume production of the Model 3 sedan with Musk at the time informing investors the company was mired in production hell. Which, of course, this just 
goes to show that Elon needed to get the last word on this whole Apple thing, right? He needs to throw his, his I don't know, whatever, his ego into the mix. Yeah. So speaking of Elon Musk, uh, while his minions were working away producing cars, Musk has spent some time on Twitter late Sunday night into Monday chatting about a new video game called Cyberpunk 2077, which anybody goes on my uh, social media, they'll see that I've been playing that as well. This game as well, this game features Keanu Reeves. The game has been receiving terrible reviews and numerous requests for refunds, prompting Elon Musk to involve himself in an online debate about it on Twitter. Posting a shot of a character creation style screen, one random Twitter e user asked Musk, what's your dick size? A crude comment from a nobody that should have should not have prompted a response. Now here's the thing, is that on Cyberpunk, you can actually change the size of your penis, make it really big, make it really small. There was actually a glitch in the game where um, if you made it too big and you would run around and you put on certain types of pants, it would actually show through and clip through the pants. So your your dong would be like waggling around outside of the character model as you wandered around the city. There's your, your schlong like wiggling back and forth. Um, but that's exactly what Elon did is get involved in this argument. Musk then tweeted out an image of a person with a sore lower back in a caption that said, my back after carrying my huge cock all day. <laughs> there's, this, there's this picture of like a, a red inflamed spine. It's an it's a incredible tweet. Uh, and because I wanted to figure out what was going on, I actually had a I had a, a meeting set up with Elon anyway, and we were going to talk about Tesla and SpaceX and everything like that. But I decided I would just ask him about his cock instead. And uh, Elon, thanks for uh, coming into the studio. I really appreciate having you here. Um, well, thank you, Chris. Um, I'm a longtime listener. I've called in once or twice, and you've played one or two of them. Uh, I will start by saying I'm very familiar with bad reviews and all i have to say is hate is gonna hate check my wallet and uh see who's right i i think the inquiring listeners want to know is this a meme or do you are you really are you really packing well this may be a language barrier item and uh i, I don't know what that means here some people have filled me in that it may have been profane but i've taken up uh well, there's not much left to do for me i've got a lot of hobbies, and frankly, I've taken up farming, and uh, I have been raising this rooster for a county fair, <laughs> and it is gigantic, and um, if they would have let it on the plane, they've changed the support animal rules, I would have brought it here, and you would see what all the confusion's about. I think you're full of it, and the reason why I think so is in, it isn't the first time you've talked about your genitals. Um, earlier in 2020, you tweeted an obscene, an obscene statement to the SEC in July, because um, you were battling with the SEC at that time, and said that SEC might stand for something else, uh, which basically meant suck Elon's cock, uh, which uh, you tweeted, quote, SAC, three-letter acronym, middle word is Elon's. So, I mean, clearly we're talking about your penis. And oh, oh, penises. Yes, it's quite enormous. <laughs> All right, man. I just wanted to check in with that and uh, get an update. And thanks for coming on. And maybe we can talk to you about something more substantive next time. I mean, would you like to see it? I mean, it's, uh, no, that's okay. It's, it's half the size of a Cybertruck. <laughs> well, clearly you're compensating for something with that Cybertruck, oh, don't you think? Side note, I mean, I think it was uh, that this Cyberpunk is, it's a good game, but I think they could have been a little bit more original with the title. <laughs> you're probably right. All right, uh, Jake, what else have you got for us? Well, many thanks to Elon for uh, hopping on the phone with us there. It's always a pleasure. I mean, we should probably talk about more, more important topics when we have him on. 
like the future. No, I, I think this is and, appropriate. And Mars and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, no, well, farming. He's talking about farming. Yes. So that'll be interesting. His yeah. next venture there. Yeah, everybody likes having cocks on the farm. It's no big deal. Sure. No big deal at all. Having your cock just run all over the place. No problem. <laughs> Anyways, why don't, you, why don't you move right along to your next story? <laughs> it's your story. It's not my. Wait, this is my story. <laughs> California residents are uh, going to be able to charge their car up with something new. Uh, from uh-huh. the LA Times, Tim Kohut's job is to build homes that are affordable and use energy efficiently. Lately, he's decided the best way to do that is to create communities that are powered solely by electricity with no natural gas hookups at all, which, if you think about it... That seems... Yeah. No, this doesn't work at all. Everything in California right now doesn't even run. There's not enough electricity for everything. Yeah, but in California, what do you need gas for? You're not running heat that much. No, but if you're uh, if you're trying to run your your electric stove, charge up your car, all this stuff is weight on the grid, right? right? And they're already turning everybody's power off out there. Well, what are you going to do with natural so, gas if the grid goes down anyways? You can run your stove without natural gas. Yeah, I suppose. Or with natural gas, you can run your stove. Okay. So no you problem. Can, you you're can... not, with the power off, you're not running your electric stove. Basically, everything at the house is being converted over to electric. Yeah. Which is, when you have an electrical grid problem, all I'm saying is... <laughs> is you're a, saying this is not the direction to go? Not a great idea. So, I'm trying to find ways around it. As Director of Sustainable Energy for National Community Renaissance, one of the nation's largest nonprofit affordable housing developers, Kohut helped plan a recently opened senior community in Rancho Cucamonga, which is a great, I love the name of that place. Cucamonga. <laughs> that produces as much electricity as it uses thanks to solar panels spread across rooftops and carports. The home builder went a step further with the development under construction in Ontario, designing homes for electric heating and cooking. Natural gas will only be used for clothes dryers. Now, nothing speaks uh, more to... Uh, wasting money is developing nonprofit affordable housing developments with cutting edge solar panels for people that live in them that aren't actually buying them. Someone else is buying all this stuff for them. I just want to make sure that we're pointing out that the huge amount of money is being spent here. <laughs> Next up are housing projects in San Bernardino, San Pedro, Santa Ana, and these will all be electric. With electric appliances getting cheaper, he's convinced that ditching gas entirely is the best way to keep housing prices and utility costs low, not to mention reduce the carbon emissions fueling the climate crisis. Okay. So how are we going to power all these new electrics? With all the gas that no one else is using. Here's a blue board report (laughs) counting the fact that Southern California residents now have the option to pay a little bit extra to get some of their natural gas from poop. (laughs) California state regulators signed off Thursday on a three-year plan by Southern California Gas and San Diego Gas and Electric to sell what the utilities call renewable natural gas or biogas that comes from capturing methane from manure lagoons at dairy farms, (laughs) landfills, and elsewhere. A manure lagoon. Oh, that sounds delightful. It sounds like the worst place to be. Oh, my goodness. Honey, you smell like the manure lagoon down the street. Oh, this is... Okay, so I can just picture this unless you're going to get into it. They're just taking all the manure and putting it in like a pit and then somehow capturing... Technically, yes. What they also do, this is when they're going to um, use it for farming next year. They put it in a giant pile and they cover it with plastic. Okay. And they let it just like ferment and then they spread it out all over the fields. And that's what well, you do you remember the, through Nebraska. the cow backpacks a while ago? No. They tested cow. <laughs> they literally put tubes up their butt and it just captured the farts, the cow farts in a backpack. Uh, California's, uh, the utilities owned by Sempra Energy. If I, I would have a much more clever name than that. I have like Poopra Energy. <laughs> so the strategy is a way to reduce the release of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere and help California meet its climate goals. Under the proposal, customers can pay a higher rate to have it blended into the natural gas piped into their homes and businesses. 
Environmental groups, however, oppose the idea, saying biogas does little to cut emissions or address the environmental impacts of industrial dairy farms. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> You'll never please any of these people. No matter what you try to do, no matter what links you go through to try and be conserved, whatever, it will never be enough unless everybody in your house is riding a Peloton, powering a battery in your house, and then you better not be eating meat to power your muscles. You better be eating vegetables organically grown in your backyard with poop from your dog and your family. No cows allowed. These people will never stop. It's never enough. So even though they're doing a good thing here mm -hmm. by recycling this stuff, nope, it's not enough. This is this is crap. It's not enough. It doesn't reduce carbon emissions to zero. We must move on to other things. I mean, I think it's great. If you want to use this poop to generate energy, why not? It sounds great. Why not do it? I do think we should just rely more on solar. Like can't. rather than investing in this. We can't. We can't. We why? Did. When I was I was hanging out with some friends in in California, we got on this topic of this is when Elon Musk's solar panels had just mm -hmm. his solar tiles had just come out. Right. And we did the um this took forever, and I wish I had written it down. But we did the math on the amount of homes in California based right. by the average roof size. And we put solar tiles on every single roof in like the metro area of Los Angeles. And even that wasn't enough to power anything. It's just not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough real estate. Well, that's why you do your, you fill up the entire like state of, I don't know, Nevada with just solar panels. It's still probably and then, not enough to, I mean, sure. Th then what are you doing? You've inter then you've interrupted the migratory patterns of all the animals there. You've made it I'll impossible <laughs> to develop the real estate for anything else. It's just not, and it's, that would be ridiculously expensive and impractical and not possible. Solar is not the answer. It just isn't the answer. The answer is nuclear and then shooting the waste into the sun. Wait, what? Why not? Why don't we just take I like that plan. <laughs> what? Wait, where has this been this whole time? I don't know. Why don't we just shoot all the nuclear waste into the sun? Because that's the real issue with, with uh, fission uh -huh. and nuclear reactors is you get the heavy water. Right. Which is the water that they use to cool the... Um, uranium, the, the tubes, the rods that basically- right. the, steam, the fuel rods. The fuel rods, the steam, all that stuff. All that water is then contaminated and it's and you have to dispose of it somehow. Right. And you have the spent fuel rods, you have to dispose of that somehow. And it's not like in The Simpsons where it's this green goo that's like <laughs> liquid pouring. It's just, it's water and, and other materials that need to be disposed of somehow. Right. And you don't necessarily want to just bury them on the ground. You can't put them in a barrel and launch them into the ocean. I say with Elon Musk's new- uh, <laughs> new spaceships why don't we just launch them into space and send them into the sun i really like this yeah. idea and nobody's gonna live on mars just throw them at mars who cares it's not a big deal well actually i think he said that the best way to colonize mars is to launch nuclear weapons at it so it'll actually increase global warming of mars there we go let's so, terraform it with our nuclear exactly waste. okay but no realistically nuclear power is the way forward solar is not you can't do solar it's, it's not consistent. It's not something that we could ever use here in, in Minnesota or the Midwest or anything like that. We can't use wind because it's just terribly inefficient. It does. There's some places where wind works and sure, it's great. You can feel really great if you're Porsche, you can develop your $37 a, <laughs> a gallon fuel with windmills. and Or you could build the <laughs> I-3 with a plant powered by windmills. And it's all this feel-good bullshit. But it doesn't actually work for society where you have millions, hundreds of millions of homes that need power. It isn't enough, especially if we are adding with all the cars that we're going to be adding to the grid and this guy that wants to convert everything to over to electricity and all these other things. Poop electricity. Poop electricity. You, Which I don't, you that's still, still you, hold on, the poop electricity, that's still burning fossil fuels when you think about it. Natural gas burns incredibly cleanly. Okay. It burns so cleanly that you can have it in your house without a vent. Oh, 
Right. Think about your stove, yeah. right? I mean, it's or your obviously you want to have your your furnace is is vented, vented but right. generally there's not a lot of greenhouse emissions from burning natural gas. It's not something that technically we shouldn't really be concerned about. But it's nuclear power is the way, and it's I don't know if it's just the '60s mentality where no nukes and all this other bullshit is still like this <laughs> this legacy. I don't think that's bullshit, Chris. Whatever it was. It's going to exist anyway. So why are we like hamstringing ourselves and to, to have no power when we could just build nuclear plants and be done with it? It's just this. I think it's this old thinking that just isn't getting through to people. I do just think build a nuclear it'd be plant. bad if terrorists hit a nuclear plant, which seems more likely in today's day I, and age. I think that's a that's a stretch. I think it'd be bad if terrorists attacked anything. I don't really think that we can go through our lives going, well, what if a terrorist's attacked it? I don't you can mitigate risk. That's what that's about. I, so right. right in the middle of nowhere. Not not the point of our podcast. The, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's, let's build some new plants and stop burning poop. And let's just, you know, let's, this is what we're going to do to ourselves. It's cool. I think it's neat. But we're, we're going we're gonna to burn poop instead of just, hey, we can build this. Burning, how much poop do you need? We should do the math. How much poop needs to be burned? <laughs> To, to, build, equal. to equal a nuclear plant. <laughs> a lot of poop. Okay. So I think with the math that Those we did Those poor is, cows. What are you feeding them? I think it was like something like every house in in California, plus some in Nevada, all covered in solar tiles, would not equal one nuclear power plant. It is that vastly inferior to nuclear power. Huh. Anyway, let's, let's continue on. Chris, I've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Everybody just turned the podcast off. <laughs> well, guess you know who? what's funny is I tell those people, I'm like, uh, if they call and I actually accidentally pick up, I'm like, yeah, what's the warranty like on my 72 911? They're like, <laughs> usually just hang up on me. Yeah. Well, guess what? BMW has also been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. And new smart billboards in the United Kingdom will read BMW owners' license plates and broadcast to the world if they think your BMW warranty has expired. This is so terrible. The billboards, which are located next to traffic lights at major intersections in London, Birmingham, Manchester, and Newcastle, will read vehicles' license plates of the cars sitting at red lights. So if you're behind somebody and it's on, you can be like, well, that guy didn't, doesn't have a warranty. Exactly. This vehicle detection technology will cross-reference other records to determine if the vehicle in question is a used BMW with a potentially expired warranty. When a stopped BMW that's older than 35 months is detected, the billboard will call out that the car with a personalized message that just happens to be broadcast to everyone else that can see the billboard. Per motoring research, the message could the me- <laughs> <laughs> Try that again. Per motoring research, the message could note their expired warranty, warn them that the repair costs are no longer covered, and told to quote consider purchasing a BMW insured warranty online. Though BMW has since denied that approach and instead says the ad will be more generic in tone. Like what? Hey, Bob. Yeah, just... can you imagine? Like, it has your data of who the owner is based on the license plate. So it's like, hey, Chris, that what vehicle this... is no longer on warranty. What else could this be used for is the question. Oh, can you imagine? Just like anything that's so public record. Li- yeah, if they look up your license plate, yep. they can see your public record. They'll know where you live. Yeah. And- They'll be able to go, hey, Bob, from 7261 Unity. Your credit score is. Not good. Not good. Wow. That's just ridiculous. Especially with other people around. Uh, Yeah. BMW. Come on. 
What are we why? Doing? Just why? why? Why is this what you're innovating and uh, dumping resources well, into? Well, this is coming from the company that canceled their motorsports, one of their motorsports divisions. And then the next ad that I saw was for Squirrel Suit BMW ad. <laughs> that's so, right. That's, that's, this is the company that we have. Um, so a ship have, has crashed into the earth. That's not good. And I'm not, not a spaceship, a regular oh. ship like a boat. Uh, oh. Japan's Nagashiki <laughs> shipping said on Friday the grounding of one of its large bulk carriers that caused an ecological disaster in Mauritius was due to a lack of safety awareness and a failure to follow rules as it pledged better training oh my and oversight. So this thing ended up spin spilling. What did it spill? Is it like carrying a, a oil? thousand tons of fuel oil. Which oh, is, which, is, which is the terrible. It's yeah. It, well, it's diesel. It's kerosene, fuel oil, kerosene, basically diesel. A bulk carrier owned by Nagashiki and chartered by Mitsui, Mitsui OSK ran aground on a reef in Mauritius in July, began leaking oil, causing an ecological disaster in the pristine seas around the Indian Ocean Island. Four people died when a tug sank during uh, oh, attempts wow. to retrieve oil in the ocean. The crew of the MV Washio. Wakashio, a nearly 300-meter cape-sized bulker used for carrying iron ore, changed direction to sail close enough to Mauritius to get cell phone coverage after oh also changing my goodness. a set course of two days earlier. Quote, there was a lack of awareness <laughs> of the dangers of navigating close to the coast and insufficient implementation of regulations that must be observed in order to safely execute voyages. The company will ban private use of cell phones during working hours on bridges and install high-speed communication systems <laughs> on all the shifts, as well as beef up training. That guy really wanted to see his TikTok video. He was, he was swiping on, oh, on, on, on Tinder. On Tinder. Imagine just like, no, no, no. Smash! Just like running aground. <laughs> 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 that's that like is those, so he's, he's terrible texting and driving to a whole new oh level. my goodness that is so terrible <laughs> wow did you read this the cleanup which includes returning 30 kilometers of mangrove coastline to its former state will likely be mostly completed by january by which point the captain has matched on tinder <laughs> hopefully yeah, I'm the guy that. You know. <laughs> so this next story, Chris, I want you to click on that link and look at this thing. Okay. This is the Alpha Ace Coupe EV, electrical vehicle. And here's what I like about this. This seems to tick the boxes of the small, bare bones, affordable electric vehicle that we talked about. I thought when I first saw the front, I was like, ooh, like 510 or something. Yeah. Like that. Like it looks yep. squared And then the, the greenhouse is like almost comical, but it's yeah. I like it. Yep. I like it. It's cute. It's I adorable. A, it's obviously made for aerodynamics. The, the cabin is a little bit. Right. And we'll link to this thing so you can see it in the show notes if you want to see what we're talking about. But uh, I think it's a little too curvy on the top. I love the body line, the swoopy body line, the little fender flares. The wheels suck. I don't like the wheels. Well, that's easily changed. Yeah, of course. So let me tell you about this thing. It's the second in the lineup of electric vehicles the company plans to unveil over the coming months. At 165 inches long, the Ace is actually eight inches shorter than a Ford Fiesta, wow. making it as little as it is cute, Chris. It remains unclear at this point what kind of motor will propel Alpha's vehicle, and the precise size of the batteries has not been revealed, but the company promises enough range for daily personal needs. Quote, Ace is a departure from contemporary automotive and places emphasis on mobility of the user. Uh -huh. That's what we love is mobility. We're, Alpha is- losing me, Jake. I know, I know, is rethinking automobiles for 
for the sake of innovation that moves humanity. I really, mean, it looks though, cool, but when I look at the interior, it's got some huge giant screen. I know, but I like at least that they're doing something almost retro styling, like yeah, retro the, the, futuristic. I like the, the interior is really squared off, yep. which looks kind of interesting. It's got little RS door pulls to open the door, little straps. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, it looks it looks cool. The screen. Can we just? Uh, we don't need screens. We don't need the screen. No, we don't. I have a phone. That's true. Maybe, yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's it's it, you you might never see anything without a screen ever again. I agree. The vehicle revealed on December second um, is actually no. I'm sorry. The, their first vehicle. So Alpha's first vehicle was released on December second, which is actually a commercial vehicle that can be configured as a van, SUV, or truck. Okay. So I like that they're using kind of a bare bones architecture to build then this consumer vehicle on. Right. Well, it looks interesting. We'll see what happens. I I think it'll never see the light of day. Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, so, Chris, do you remember Christmas Vacation, National Lapoon's movie? You... I've never seen any of those. Wait, what? No. I So, I grew up... Are you kidding little, me? Little back history on me, okay? So, when you I... You had a terrible childhood and didn't watch any classic movies? I was not allowed to, to watch television when I was growing up. Okay. So, I didn't have cable. The only television I ever watched was, was over at other friends' houses. So, and, and it was very, very... I would get home from... I would either... Grandparents were just very strict. Yeah. Okay. So it was very strict upbringing by my grandparents, which was fine. I, I, I love them to death and I wouldn't change a thing. Um, when I lived with my dad for a little while, I actually would wake up in the morning, get kicked out of the house. I would return to the house in the evening when the streetlights came on and would be, <laughs> and would essentially be sent to my room. Right. So that was my life. I didn't really, ha or maybe I could have the benefit of getting to watch Wheel of Fortune just for Ooh, a little bit, yep. you know, right after, right after dinner, you know, it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting upbringing. Okay. Well, um, that's, that's kind of I a downer. To, so, so I'm sorry, but my, my point is, is that the only pop culture I got was my Discman and music. Oh, that okay. was the pop culture that I have. And I had a little black and white TV in my room that I sometime would shove under the blankets and watch, like, <laughs> watch, watch, like, the, like watch basketball at night in the NBA finals. I was allowed to watch basketball. Okay. But that was about it. There was no, there was no pop culture for me. So everybody's always like, oh, have you seen these movies? Have you seen this? No, no, I haven't. I haven't fucking seen it. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen Blues Brothers. I haven't seen any of this stuff. You, and this you realize why. you can now. Yeah, but I don't want to because now I'm exposed to to newer movies that I really like. And then I look at something like Blues Brothers. I'm like, wow, this looks like shit. Sounds like shit. And it's not funny. Well, those that have actually seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation will no doubt recognize this iconic scene. Come look at the lights. Dinner's going to get cold. You get it. They're Christmas lights. You want to hurry this up, Clark? I'm freezing my baguettes off. Be nice, Dad. Come roll, please. <laughs> Joy to the world. Another dud. Hey, hey. I'll check the turkey. So what you can't see is unlike the movie scene, no one sees me in my Clark's pants. wife is going inside, not to turn on the breaker, but to plug ah! in the house to their new Mustang Mach-E. Ah! Aha. Ah Incredible, Dad. The commercial's wow. cute and features actually all the original <laughs> cast. Nice whip, but the saddest part no, is the whipped. last line here. I'm your dad, so. I used to have a Mustang back when cars made sounds. The all-new, all-electric Mustang Mach-E. Joy to the world. I love that new car smell. I think those are pine needles, Dad. Wait, so they just... Did they they totally, just ripped on their own I was, car. I was say, did they just diss the hell out of themselves? I right used there? to have a Mustang back, back when, when cars made noise. 
Oh, uh, so who says that? Clark Griswold? No, it's the the uncle or okay. the grandpa like, or the something. Grumpy, the grumpy guy? Yeah. Is it the me of... of- Basically, <laughs> yes. It is definitely the you of the future. So, but I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. They got the original cast, although Chevy Chase looks really terrible these days. Um, but then, yeah, this line of like, I used to have a Mustang back when they actually made noise. Yeah. Why wow. Do I don't know why they did that. Well, the, the, the Mustang Mach-E doesn't look like a Mustang at all, really. I mean, it's I know, got it's some, really terrible. some visages of it a little bit, but it's terrible they use that nameplate. Yeah. Really. Why did they? Well, it'll probably sell to boomers. You think so? The name, the name. Yeah. I mean, why not? I don't know. Who knows? Chris, how do you know when your car needs a wash? When it's dirty. Well, <laughs> that isn't quite enough, I guess, because okay. on Christmas Eve, the United States Patent and Trademark Office publicly released an application submitted by Toyota for a, quote, car wash judgment system. That's called a car show, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not a patent that judges how well you washed your car, Chris, nor is it a system that washes your car while judging you and calling you a bad owner because you let your kids write, wash me on the rear window. So my wife's car. Yes. The Alltrack. Yes. The inside, not super clean. Got kids, whatever. Right. It's just super clean. Right. Not clean. Do you know how you get this haze inside your windshield? Yes. About two months ago. <laughs> It was, I was driving that car and it was so hazy that I wrote, wash me on the the inside inside of the windshield and on the rearview mirror. Lo and behold, I get in the car like yesterday or the day before to come down a week ago to come down and see you still there (laughs) written across the inside haze, wash me on the rearview mirror. Like, oh my God, just wash the... Well, this patent then might be for you because it is a system that coordinates onboard sensors with a remote server to tell an autonomous car when it is dirty enough to need a wash and will then instruct the car to drive itself to a participating car wash. So is this, uh, is it like a artificial intelligence version of Jeff Brown from Griot's? <laughs> is he built into the, is he built into the computer? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> no, so Toyota is suggesting that the autonomous vehicles of the future will wash themselves by way of the system, which will relay information between the car and an offsite server. Here's what's interesting though. The system monitors weather conditions, time elapsed and distance traveled after the last car wash, and time before upcoming car wash sharing use. So I thought it was going to somehow measure how slick the car no, was. I thought that it's too. Like some aerodynamic well, wind resistance, will, surface tension of the air on the paint. It'll also use GPS to monitor when the car has been on an unpaved road. Okay, so it's more of a situational awareness than it yes, is like it's, some sort of sensor. I don't know why. It seems a lot easier to just have an outside facing camera that's like, oh, look, it's dirty. So Let's send it to the car wash. Nope, that's subjective. That right. work. Computers can't do that. And the day they can is Terminator. <laughs> is judgment as day. soon as your, your car comes self-aware. <laughs> Look how dirty this car is. It's in. dirty. Oh, let's Nuke kill em. all the humans. Well, with that note, that is all the news we have for today. Take care, guys. We will see you on Monday where we're going to have our next installment of the indomitable iron road Road. this is part two i have the guy that is basically the man at the national railroad museum coming on to talk about the great american west and how the railroad changed everything in america it's gonna be great it will be we will see you guys on monday take care